Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Aaron Jennifer Smith, your host of the Marriage After God podcast. The gospel, the good news of salvation to the world, is the testimony of what Jesus came and did to redeem sinners. It's good news because it tells us that where we could only fail, Jesus could only succeed. The gospel draws us close to God and provides reconciliation. But is the power of the gospel meant only to help us believe and receive salvation? Or is the gospel something that we as believers should cling to every day of our lives? We'd like to take a moment to thank our faithful patrons who have chosen to support this show on a monthly basis. We'd like to give a special shout out to the following people. Courtney D., Benny C., Gina B., Tina C., and Bay B. We're incredibly grateful for your decision to join us on our mission to inspire and bring hope to tens of thousands of couples through this free daily and weekly content. Your contribution is making it possible for us to reach even more marriages with this encouragement. We're truly thankful for your partnership and look forward to the amazing things we will continue to accomplish together. If you've been blessed by our free Marriage After God content, we'd love to invite you to join our patron team. So if you haven't joined the team yet, here's your chance. Please visit marriageaftergod.com forward slash patron. So we are back. This is week uh, six. I don't even know. I know we're in February. (laughs) We're definitely in February, uh, but this is our our sixth episode of the year. Feels like we've already, I feel like we were just talking like, it feels like it's been more, but it's six, probably week six. Awesome. We're back. And before we get into this topic, do you have anything to update everyone on? Well, one thing I wanted to encourage is um, something that I've done recently is just reach out to someone who's, you know, a little bit farther in life stage and has older kids, more kids, and just say, hey, want to grab lunch sometime and and just I just told her like my heart I just want to glean from you and whatever you have to share I don't know if this will look super formal or if we want to be loose with it but I'd love to just spend more time with you and so she agreed to meeting with me once a month and it I think it's going to be really encouraging um I asked her the first time we met it was kind of like okay how are we going to do this and uh <laughs> she goes well I had some ideas in mind. One of them was to go through the names of God and like study them, which I thought was really cool. And then another one was going like looking at prophecy and, you know, where scripture says, you know, look for this or that and see in the world, like, is there anything that's happening that, I don't know, is there anything there? What's going on? Kind of having an adventure with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Prophecy and. We just thought it would be really exciting. So I said, let's do both. I was really excited about that. And so Every time we get together, she's going to bring a name of God. I'm going to bring a name of God. And then we're just going to talk about, um, I don't know, kind of just whatever comes up. And then I'm also going to use that time to ask her questions just about 
parenting and marriage and life. So I'm telling all of you this because I think sometimes we forget, we get comfortable in our space and, and we forget people have um, wisdom that we can glean yeah. from. Yeah. And not just that, but like there are people that's older and ahead of us, but then there's also people younger than us that look up to us and admire us and, you know, want to spend that time with us too. And so my encouragement for you guys today is just to look around and keep your eyes open and look for those opportunities where either you can be gleaning from spending special time with, um, you know, a more mature, older Christian in your life, or can you be that for someone else? Yeah. I think those relationships are really important and there's always good that comes from it. And God uses those in special ways. So, well, and it's also, I, th- I think it, it what's, it's biblical us going to each other and gleaning from each other and encouraging and exhorting one another. Um, but it's also, a, it's a blessing to them and to you. Yeah. It's like, Hey, would you minister to me? Yeah. Like I, I look up to you and I, I'm, you're in a different life stage and I'd love to hear your heart. Yeah. So that's a good and, and carving out that time to where it's more intentional is really nice. Cause then you know, it's coming and you can write down those questions that you have or mm-hmm. consider some of the things like, what should I be looking out for? You know? And then you also just get some intentional hangout time with, yeah. with someone Which you is love. always nice. <laughs> so thank you, Aaron, for letting me do that. You're welcome. <laughs> We're just doing it once a, once a month for now, for a little bit. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be like a weekly thing per se, but. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. Need, it can be consistent, which is good, but it could also be something loose. Yeah, I had a, a, a good friend of ours reach out to me and invited me to meet with him once a week. We're, we're doing weekly. Um, it's not strict, so like sometimes I can't, but mm-hmm. we try to meet weekly and we're going through the word of God and we just get to have coffee together and it's actually Super really, fun. really fun. Yeah. Awesome. So this topic, um, I, it probably sounds like silly to talk about. Yeah, like, but it's but it's not. And I, I, I think we'll understand why. I think it's what this episode is more like a reminder and we're all going to go. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we do need that. Well, I, I think it. It's something that it's easy to slip under the radar with us as believers is recognizing how central the gospel is to us mm-hmm. uh, in our everyday life and in, in the mundane, in the fights, in the hard things that it is, it's why we're, why we're saved. Yeah. And even more so it's, it's why we're walking with God. It's why mm-hmm. we are wanting to be in his word. And so we just wanted to have a, an episode where we kind of, do a refresher course or a reminder of like, hey guys, the gospel's for us just as much as it's for the lost. Yeah. (laughs) So that's where we're at with this. Yeah. And it is really powerful. The gospel is so powerful. And like you kind of introed with Aaron, it's the testimony of what Jesus came and did for us. And Mm -hmm. it humbles us and it reminds us of how small we are. And so for me, like in those moments of going on with your daily life or butting up against a marriage issue or having to go through hardships or circumstantial things that are just, you know, leave you feeling depleted Mm -hmm. or uncertain or frustrated. The power of the gospel is reminding, this is why we want to talk about this today is because for us in our marriage, you specifically, Aaron, have been really good to me in in reminding me to to keep my eyes focused on Christ and to remember what he did for us, to to remember what truly matters. And to be honest, the it's not that I've I've brought that up and and done those things as like I have it all figured out, like hey I have it I'm good on my side, but I'm gonna help you be good on your side. To be honest, and a lot of the hardships in our marriage and a lot of the issues that we've gone through and just pretty much in any issue we ever go through, whether children or friends or anything, I t- I tend to I realize I don't actually know what to do, mm. and so I 
I default. I, I, I've, I've learned over the last handful of years, like, oh, I, I'm just going to go back to mm-hmm. what I believe about the gospel because I actually don't know how to fix this. I don't know what the, the deal is. All I know is Jesus loves me. I, all I know is I'm a sinner and I need to be, and I need a savior. And, and so I'm going to, I go back to that mm-hmm. as my answer to the situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anytime we've, we've failed, I failed, you failed wrestling with sin uh, in our parenting relationships, even our own personal views of ourselves, which Mm -hmm. we've kind of hit on these subjects in different podcasts, uh, going back to the the foundation of what Jesus has done and how we couldn't do it for ourselves, how he came for us, how he loves us, how he going to the father sends his Holy spirit into us to help us, Mm -hmm. man, it, it, it makes all of those things, first of all, be seen from a different perspective, a writer perspective, shrinks their power. You know, like, oh, this, this thing feels so big. Like, well, actually, it's not that big in context to the gospel. And I'm going like to, yeah, and I'm going to, I'm going to rest right now in this truth. And I'm going to ask God to help me from mm-hmm. starting from this point. It's almost like I always got to keep going back to that. That's the foundation. Yeah, that foundation. It's a cornerstone. Um you know, years ago when we were doing ministry together as a young couple, we had a really good talk about how, because there, there was a lot of discussion around, well, what giftings do you have or do they have? And mm-hmm. how do people, you know, find their place in church or in ministry and feel comfortable doing what they want to do? So, right. you know, some people are really good at evangelism and sharing the gospel to the lost. And we spent time doing that very thing yeah there, there as was missionaries there's a lot of different i guess what i'm getting at there's a lot of different opportunities to serve mm-hmm. and be a part of god's body you know but we had this really long talk about how we felt called to specifically minister to christians we mm-hmm. looked around and we're like there's all these christians but for some reason they're unhealthy spiritually they need help just as much as well, the next as, person well i think what happened is we how much help we received from believers. We were so that, broken. Yeah. We were we were caught in this like identity war of feeling like this is who we're supposed to be over here. Yeah, our life doesn't line up but to this. But that's not truth. what's happening yeah. and so that's right. There was this crisis of who are we and what do we need? And it was the the power of the gospel that yeah, fixed us and helped us. Not and we're not saying this in the sense that we don't feel any desire or obligation or want, des- wanting to preach the gospel to the lost. Like that's a part of no, our lives. I'm but. just saying it because you, you hear those mm-hmm. words together a lot. You hear gospel and you think evangelism. Yeah. And that's where we were at when we were having this conversation. I just thought but it was much so of our ministry has been, has been preaching the gospel to believers. Mm-hmm. And we're the, we're the ones that have been saved by the gospel, but we're also to be transformed by it mm-hmm. and renewed by it. And, and so th- those are the things that's part of sanctification that mm-hmm. the gospel does to us. This, this truth of our iniquity, this truth of our shortcomings and the truth of God's son and his righteousness and his perfection and, yeah. and his propitiation, you know? And mm-hmm. so we're, we have, we've seen that as a, as a ministry and that's what kind of what we're doing now. So, well, like I said, that this episode is going to be like a reminder or an aha, like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. we, we must not forget, but you know, just because people are following God and are Christian doesn't mean that they live this happy, perfect life or in another way to put it or to illustrate it. If, you know, a sick person comes into the hospital and gets what's 
get what they need and leave doesn't mean that they're not going to end up in the hospital again. You know what I'm right. saying? Like there's going to be circumstances. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be really um, difficult or even suffering things that they they mm. need they need the gospel. They need the power of Christ to say, hey, don't forget this truth. Don't forget the word of God. Well, there's many listening now that love God, have been, that have been following him for many years, and need to hear this again, to yeah. be reminded that God loves them so much mm-hmm. that their sin, that they maybe feel condemned or guilty over currently, was forgiven on the cross. Right. And that his spirit is in them, empowering them to walk in holiness, to to repent, to turn to him, to recognize their forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that that's why we're doing this. And, and we, we've seen this over and over again in relationships in our lives. And we tend to realize that I, we can give all the advice in the world, like, hey, d- do these practical things, which are not necessarily wrong. But in reality, until someone remembers or gets back to that point of like, man, I'm, I'm saved by grace mm-hmm. and I need that grace right now. It's hard for them to get to that part of the practical because they feel so judged or condemned. And that's what the, the gospel does is it frees us from those things so that we can be transformed and walk with God. So what do we mean when we say the gospel is for Christians, right? Because we, we've kind of been hitting on this. Of course, the gospel is for everyone. Like it, this is the good news to the world. The bad news is we all are sinners. We've transgressed against the creator, the perfect one. And we deserve hell. We deserve judgment for it because we have literally broken the law of the creator of the universe. But praise God that even from day one, from the Garden of Eden to Abraham and Isaac to Jesus Christ, there was a plan. And his plan for salvation was his son, Jesus, and his perfect life being traded for our imperfect Mm -hmm. life. What a... Good, what a crazy good news that it, that is. And so, yes, it's for the loss. It's like, hey, God like sent his son Jesus to die for those sins that you have that guilt and shame over. But Romans 1.16, in the first part of it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So, it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So the salvation's there. The power is the gospel. The crux is who believes. <laughs> and then who believes. Yeah. The, re- the receiving of that gift, the receiving of that salvation through that power is by believing it. Mm-hmm. So we believe. Mm-hmm. Praise God. We believe in the gospel. We've, we've received that power and that salvation. But now as believers, man, we, we need to be reminded every day, sometimes Moment by moment in certain days. We've gone through seasons, Jennifer, that I I just recall my my own like struggles, my own issues, and I'm like, none of this feels like it lines up with what it should be lining up. Why isn't it easier? Mm-hmm. Why am I not feeling what I should be feeling or experiencing what I should be feeling or experiencing as a believer? And just being reminded of the gospel. I remember one time in in when I was struggling with it, one of my you know, my addiction to pornography, you came to me and you literally preached the gospel to me. He said, Aaron, you are not believing what you, what, what the truth is. And the truth is, is that Jesus has died for these sins and you're not trapped by you. You like preached to me and it was a pretty transformative moment in my, my life was you reminding me of that truth Mm -hmm. because I wasn't 
so for some reason, there was parts of this, this understanding of the gospel that I wasn't believing. And that's why we need as believers to, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to our spouses, to our spouses, to our children. Okay. To be making that kind of the foundation of where we start with our spouse. So like you could be frustrated at me because I've done X, Y, Z and, I, and, and, I'm, and you're totally justified in it. But if you take a step back and realize like, I need to remind my husband of what he actually believes mm -hmm. because that's what dictates his life. Not me coming to him and saying, I'm angry or do you hurt me? Which those could come also. But the true reason is you are a believer that believes in this truth and this should dictate and drive and motivate. And this is because this is what you believe. And so when we're tempted, we're sad, hurt, scared, lonely, angry, weak, you fill in the blank. The, the thing we need is the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's to be reminded that all of that is why Jesus came. And that he and what he did is sufficient in that moment for those things. And just to add to that, when you have eyes for your spouse or another couple who's hurting or a friend or a family member, someone in your life who you see is being tempted, mm -hmm. is sad, is hurting, is scared, is lonely, is angry, weak, or fill in the blank, like you just said. Because there's times when we're in that, that space mm -hmm. that we need to be reminded of the gospel, but then there's times that we recognize it in other people and we need to be willing to share the gospel and to go back to that foundational truth of saying, of reminding them, hey, we, we are all sinners. I have mm -hmm. failed. So-and-so has failed. We've all failed. Christ didn't fail. Yeah. And there's power in that. So the reason we're sharing this is not just that the person you're sharing, reminding of the gospel, your spouse, and, and, you, and bringing the gospel back up and pointing them to it and encouraging them in it. But it, like you were just saying, when we have that posture, like if I'm going to look at my wife and be like, man, I, okay, Lord, help me remind her of your goodness. Help me remind. It totally transforms my own perspective of the situation. Because you can have your own opinions. You, you know, you well, see maybe things I'm, I'm too. frustrated. Maybe yeah. I'm bothered. Maybe you, you offended me. Like there's lots of things that we yeah. get, what happens in our marriage. And we take it from a very personal, personal thing. Yeah. The gospel takes the personal, the person of me out of it and puts the person of Jesus in it. Um, our friend with a uh, good dose of humility, yeah, our friend, <laughs> Nate, um, from our, our fellowship, he always says, he's like, tr practice putting Jesus between you, mm -hmm. like seeing, seeing Jesus in the place of your spouse or in the place of your friend. And it's really cool. It's hard to fur your eyebrow or yeah, like Jesus. <laughs> make a face. So that, and that's what the him? gospel does. That's the, that's the first power of this is when you put the gospel on your, on the tip of your tongue. If you think about the, the, the Old Testament law or the, the word of God, um, that the priests were told to put it on the frontlets of their foreheads. Mm -hmm. Like they had these little boxes on their heads with, little, with scripture in it. And it was this idea that it's like, it's before them. It's right in front of them. We do the same thing with the gospel. If that's the thing that's it's on the tip of my mouth, it's the tip of my tongue. It's going to change how I look at the entire situation. Instead of me just wanting to be justified, instead of me just wanting to find um, fix the problem or, or make you understand or make you change. I'm going to say, Oh Jesus, like they need you. Mm -hmm. They're forgetting. And then it, it actually softens my heart, changes the whole situation, turns it from a me and you to a you and Jesus, mm -hmm. you and the creator of the universe. So that's a pretty huge thing. Why don't you, uh, 
read Hebrews 3, 12 through 13. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So this is the next reason we're sharing this. The gospel, the truth of God's word and who Jesus is and what Which we is actually active believe and alive. In, it's active and alive. <laughs> when we as believers are walking in this life, there's so many things coming against us. We have our own flesh. We have the craziness of the world. We have a, an, an actual spiritual enemy. We have all these things that want to come against us. And on top of that, there's sin, which is deceitful. This is hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And as First John reminds us all that if anyone says he's not has no sin, They're he's a liar. liar. Yeah. So there's something that we need to be protecting each other against. Being deceived. That sin isn't creeping in, that we're not allowing it to get a foothold, that we're not allowing it to grow and mature and turn into this thing that turns into death. And then just clouds us and deceives us and we and blinds our eyes from seeing the truth. So the gospel is that that way of be exhorting one another every day as long as it is called today mm -hmm. that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin if any of you are listening right now and and god's pricking your heart and you're feeling like why oh, I, I do have some hardness in my heart toward my spouse toward my children toward a friend or toward myself like there's a hardness it's because we get deceived by our sin and it it clouds us and it hardens that soft heart that god's put in us and the gospel is the way of Fighting that, exhorting one another, reminding each other every day of who God is, who we are, what Christ has done as a, as a protective measure, as a, as a way of defeating this, this deceitfulness of sin, guarding against the hardening of our hearts. And we don't want that. We, we, I'm sure you've know, you know someone that you've seen that you're like, man, that person used to be so light. They used to be so loving. They used to be so excited that they were so full of God's word. And now they seem hard. They're angry, they're bitter, they're ashamed, they're, they're hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. This is, this is what creeps in. And, and if so if we're not being vigilant and being like, hey, have you forgotten who you are? Mm -hmm. Who lives in you? What spirit God's given you? Like, we need, to be, we need to be doing this way more. Well, and I feel like you can only do that and, and, and share that if you believe it. And... Mm -hmm. So those kinds of words aren't going to come out of you if you yourself are struggling to believe. And so this might just be an encouragement for you to examine your own heart and say, what have I been believing? Have I been yeah. walking in unbelief? And that, that's what the, the first warning is. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Mm -hmm. An evil, unbelieving heart. It's not that an unbelieving heart, you know, without evil is okay. No, it's an evil unbelieving heart those are they're, when we are un, we're not when we're not believing the gospel that is essentially the idea of, of evil you're like you're separating yourself from the from the goodest good there is <laughs> i'm not going to believe this good and you may not be we sometimes we don't do it on purpose like this, again deceitfulness of sin unbelieving heart deceitfulness of sin that unbelief can creep in when we're not being vigilant when we're forgetting the truth of the gospel when we are angry when we're letting sin take root when we're Walking in unrepentant sin. That happens. And there's warning after warning after warning in scripture for believers specifically on how we engage with sin, how we are to be quick to repent, 
how we are to not let it have a foothold, how we are not to be deceived by it. Mm-hmm. And in reminding each other of the gospel and is a, is a way of doing that for each other. Yeah. Um, in this idea of like it being a protective thing, um, Ephesians six seventeen tells us to put on the helmet of salvation. Yeah. <laughs> the helmet, the helmet protects our head and our minds and our thoughts. And the gospel reminds us of what it means to be saved. Well, and think about this, that the head is one of the most vulnerable and most deadly spots to be hit, right? Yeah. So the helmet protects the skull, the brain, the spinal cord, like your face, your eyes to help you see. Your mouth is what helps you eat and breathe. Your Biologically, like, your brain tells you everything. Your brain, yeah. <laughs> if your brain gets hit, everything stops working. How you think yeah. is how you will live your life. And so it, it's not a, a coincidence that the helmet of salvation is a part of the the armor of god mm-hmm. our salvation the gospel message the thing that we are that saves our souls protects our body mm-hmm. and keeps us functioning to keep ministering to keep doing exactly what god asks us to do and so this it's protecting it and, and you got to protect your mind and, and not allow disbelief or unbelief to come in but also like you said jennifer is what are we believing because yeah. we believe something. We had a whole episode on belief in the power of belief. If you haven't listened to that, uh, just go into wherever you listen to podcasts and search for um, under marriage after God belief or believing and you'll find it. But it's, it's amazing that what we believe just dictates everything we, every decision we make in our life. And so you should think about that. In talking about the armor of God, if you back up just a couple of verses, it talks about the putting on your feet, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. So from your head to your toes. Yeah, well, covered. And, well, and putting on, you know, shotting your feet with the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. So your feet are ready because of the gospel of peace. That the that news, that that salvation makes you able to be ready to move forward with God. Well, I also mentioned earlier that it's foundational. So your feet standing on a foundation of solid rock oh that's good i didn't yeah. think about that yeah and yeah so you're standing on the we're, we're literally standing on the gospel yeah because i'm when i'm saying before god i'm not going to be like oh look what i did god no way it's <laughs> be like thank you lord right. <laughs> for what you did because i wouldn't be here without that right and uh the other reason we're bringing this up i mean probably the most important one is everyone listening including us speaking uh, we need to remember where our hope lies where our hope comes from because without hope, we are hopeless, and it's easy for us to fall into despair, to fall into anger. But the, the gospel offers us the hope of eternal life. It's The gospel is what reminds us that though we were sinners, he died for us. Mm-hmm. That where we could not do it, he did it, like I was talking about in the beginning. And yeah. that, that's, we, we need to remember that, because often, I, I know you struggle with this, but I struggle with this as like, Oh, I failed again. Oh, I, I'm never going to make it. Oh, I got frustrated again with my friend. Oh, I, I misspoke again. And I, and I constantly, the, the enemy's constantly reminding me of who I am in the flesh. Yeah. And sometimes it's, oh, they messed up again. You know, speaking of your spouse, like, oh, they, you know, because yeah. in that whole deceitfulness of sin, sometimes we don't see ourselves so clearly, but sometimes we are striving to walk in righteousness and do the right thing. And we get caught up because our spouse isn't and instead of having eyes of compassion that has a heart to draw them closer to christ in any capacity we start to get bitter 
and we start to get mm-hmm. hardened by the um, unfruitfulness we're seeing, and it's frustrating, and it, there's anger, yeah. and there's the bitter root, and so. W- if hard. anyone's ever read our um, read your book, the Mar- the Unveiled Wife, um, we also bring it up a little bit in Marriage After God. Um, it's it's the gospel that saved our marriage. Yeah, uh, we were both in despair, both felt like giving up, both angry with each other, angry with ourselves, angry with God. We were we were so like, why, why is this happening to us? Mm-hmm. I thought we did everything right. We were missionaries. We saved ourselves from marriage. Why are we? Why why do we feel so miserable? And I just remember the the Lord reminding me of the gospel. He's like, is there anything that you weren't forgiven of, Aaron? I'm like, no. He's like, then forgive your wife and love her anyway. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, Lord, like yeah. he just, he made it so clear to me what Jesus did for me on the cross. Something that the gospel has helped me understand too is that God's not, it, 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 having a relationship with God is not transactional in the sense that like now that I've, I mentioned this earlier, but now that I follow you, I'm going to have this perfect, yeah. lavish life or how I want it to be. Or maybe I don't even want all this grand stuff to happen to me, but I just want this sim- simple life where nothing bad ever happens. You know, whatever mm-hmm. the thing is that I have in my head of ideal. And when those things don't happen or when hardships come, it's like, why is this happening? Why are you letting yeah. this happen? This is your fault. And kind of pointing the finger back to him. And the gospel has really humbled me in that sense of like who am i to, well, and to even judge what you're doing or not doing like i i don't trust you that's what it comes down to yeah and there's the freedom the gospel brings to us this is a, a word that i've been uh sharing a lot with our church and it's been something that i've god's been teaching me a lot about is just actually what he wants us to be free from mm-hmm. and like you were saying you know as long as these things all fall in line then we're good but as soon as we're not, then we're not good. Mm-hmm. That's not freedom. That's, yeah. that's, that's bondage. Yeah. Um, as long as my spouse, you know, serves me in this way and acts this way, that's not freedom. That's bondage. Being able to have confidence and security and hope and peace in God, regardless of what, what your All spouse things, does, yeah. what, regardless of how, how your job goes, regardless of your relationships with your friends. Not that you don't care about any of those things. But they're not what your life dictates. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, someone shared that this morning or on Sunday morning. Uh, was talking about, you know, are we going to continue trusting the Lord? Are we going to continue having rest in the Lord, regardless of what happens in our lives, mm-hmm. and not letting our friends or our spouses yeah. or our kids dictate our rest in the Lord? Yeah, that was really good. It was really good. That's that's true freedom. Paul was free. He's in prison worshiping the Lord. Mm-hmm. That those those prison walls had nothing on him, even though he was there in the body. And by worldly standards, he was under shackled. And yeah, chained, and it's like, right? oh, oh, that's so sad. And he's like, I'm here for the for the Lord. Yeah, he was able to still experience joy and peace. And if if you think about that story, and you got you should go back and read it, he was able to minister to the, it says the whole Praetorian Guard. He was able to to witness and to preach the gospel. So the whole like Roman, all the Roman soldiers, all like everyone, because he was in that prison. So he was thinking gospel centric. He's like, oh, okay, I'm in this prison. I'm going to preach the gospel. Yeah. Oh, I'm in my marriage that feels like a prison right now. I'm going to preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm in this job that feels like a prison. I'm going to preach the gospel. Like we keep going. This is good. Keep going. That's true freedom that the, that the circumstances of this life 
the situations we're in, even though they may affect our flesh, don't affect, don't have to affect our hope. Yeah. That's something outside of my body because mm-hmm. my hope is not in me. It's in Jesus. And hope is so vital to marriage, you guys. Like, I can't even tell you back when we were having the hardest time in marriage, it would have been like three or four years into our marriage. And I would tell people after the fact, I would say, you know, in order to just get through that one day, I I was desperate for hope. And it would come, God would give it in, in the form of like an encouragement, something I saw online, a friend texting me, something I saw in his word. It was just one thing every day that kept coming that I was able to cling to and hold on to. And looking back, it was always pieces of his gospel, his yeah. truth. Not what I believed to be true, not what I wanted, not what yeah, none the of world said should be. Yeah, not what the world says, whatever makes you happy. But it was his truth that gave me hope to hang in there, to hold on through hard times. And even still, when we experience, um, you know, challenges or, or frustrating things, it's like, if the only thing that matters is what Jesus came and did for us. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it humbles us. It puts things in the right perspective. And it helps us see each other rightly. Yeah, through the gospel's eyes. Through, through the truth of what Jesus did and not what you did. Not what I did. Yeah. Um, and we like, all need hope. We all need that. At different times, every yeah. day, we need that hope. The gospel also, it, it teaches us how to live. Because we, when we forget who we're living for, remember the Bible tells us that we were purchased with, for a price. Mm-hmm. Like we are no longer our own. We have a new owner, and we forget that. And we're like, no, I could do. It. I want to. I'm going to live my way, and then we find the fruits of that turns into something yucky. Uh, but it teaches us how to live. The gospel provides instruction on how to live a life of faith, love, and service to others. Specifically, just looking at how Jesus lived. And he tells me, he tells us, he says, do what I do. Yeah. He, he's like, you, you guys are wor- worried about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. He's like, you got to become the least. And he's like, look, I'm the king and I'm going to wrap my towel around my waist and I'm going to wash your feet. Yeah. That's what Jesus exemplified in his life. Um, the gospel also provides assurance of, of our salvation. Because the, the good news of salvation, the forgiveness of sins by Jesus isn't contingent on anything that we do. It's done. As Jesus says, it is finished on the cross. His work is complete and perfect and fully sufficient to save us. All we're asked to do is believe. Believe that what he did is enough. Because, babe, how many times have you thought to yourself that it's not enough? You're like, well, I'm still right here where I was Last week, yeah, doesn't seem like it's enough to me. Yeah, like God, why isn't your your why isn't your work working in me? When that's not the truth, the gospel says, like, no, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. And so it that that assurance of salvation is, oh, thank God, my salvation isn't resting in me; it rests in Jesus, mm-hmm. and He asks me to believe. <laughs> that's awesome. So good. Um, another thing the gospel does is it provides a source of comfort. Yeah. The gospel provides a source of comfort and strength in times, like, like I said earlier, hardship, hard circumstances, some, for some really hard suffering. Yeah. 
But Paul says a really good verse. He says, um, he says, we, we can comfort you with the comfort that we ourselves receive. Yeah. He was comforted by the, by this, by who Christ is and that he was redeemed. And then the comfort that he received also from other believers who were redeemed. Yeah. That he could pass on to other believers that need comforting. Well, and having a relationship with God and with Jesus, it's like being known, fully known, fully mm-hmm. loved. And it's beautiful. And mm-hmm. it, it is transforming. It's true love. It's amazing. Well, you said being known. Uh, again, I, I, I'm missing the reference, but it, it says that we're that we know God rather that we're being known by him, mm-hmm. that he knows us, yeah. which is, is a comfort. It brings us closer to him. That that's the whole me- ministry of the gospel is that what Jesus did in his body is reconciled us to the father mm-hmm. in turn, giving his disciples and us the ministry of reconciliation. Right. Which is how do you, how does someone get reconciled to God? The gospel. So in me, so when we're walking a certain way and we don't feel reconciled with God, the truth is, is we are. In Christ, we're fully reconciled. But we in our flesh feel not reconciled. We feel distant. Oh, we messed up again. Oh, I did this. Running to the Savior reminds us of that reconciliation. So reminding someone of the gospel, like, hey, you know you've been, you've been redeemed. You know that God's Spirit is in you. That conviction you're feeling is because he loves you. Yeah. Right? Reminding of the gospel draws us closer to him. It's literally the process of reconciliation with the Father being reminded of that and and experiencing it over and over and over again so if someone's listening right now and they like you just explained are feeling distant insecure unsure maybe even just unbelieving of what is true what would you tell them to go do right now how would you well share the gospel with them what i would say is i if you claim to be a believer you say i i love jesus I, i i i want to follow him i know him I'm going to tell you this. God loves you. He has put his spirit inside of you. And he's and what he's done on the cross is fully sufficient for you. Fully sufficient. You are fully forgiven. Not forgiven for the things that you've said sorry for. Not You're forgiven for all your sin. Otherwise, you could have no part in God. But because of what Jesus did, you are fully, perfectly reconciled to the Father. And but because Jesus loves you so much and he sits at the right hand of the Father, it says that he's interceding day and night for us. Jesus is praying for you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He understands what you're going through. And he just, he wants us to continue to believe that that is true. And often it really just takes us to surrender to that truth. Mm -hmm. Like if I believe that, then I'm going to praise him. And I'm also going to turn from the things that I'm holding on to. I'm going to open my hands and say, whatever it is you want, take it. And I'm going to follow you and I love you. That's what he wants from us, is just us to give back to him what he's given to us. So um, that's, the, that's the thing that we could be right. And if, and if it's something that you want to be sharing with your own spouse, get on your knee. Uh, there's, there's, there's people I know that are going through hardship and, and I, my thought is, Get on your knees and pray like you've never prayed before. Mm-hmm. Go to battle for your spouse because you love them, because the gospel's good. And pray that you have the opportunity to share the gospel. Pray that they will continue to believe the gospel, that they'll be reminded of the goodness of God, that they are saved, that they will repent, that they will 
soften their hearts. Go to go to battle for them. Go to the throne room of God for your spouse mm-hmm. because God is good and he loves your spouse more than you will ever be able to love them. He just does. That's who he is. Who we are is people that get to practice loving like that and fail at it and then ask God to help us. And, oh, I want to be better at that because I love you and I love them. Um, but God does love that way. So I don't know. Does that yeah, it's good. Help. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted them to hear it. <laughs> uh, I want everyone to look up a song. Someone brought it up at church on Sunday. It's called The Goodness of God. And when I was listening to it, I was just thinking to myself, this is so good. <laughs> the goodness of God. He is so good. And so look up those lyrics and uh, be blessed by that this week. Goodness of God. Growth spurt. Yeah, so every at the end of every episode, we're doing a thing called the growth spurt and it's just to encourage you uh personally to take steps towards growth and also in your marriage so uh this month we, uh, all of february we're focusing on growing by the love. <laughs> love and action uh we want to encourage you guys to try a romantic gesture for your spouse so you get to I, define it we're yeah. not going to define it <laughs> go go as You're gonna however you want no <laughs> yeah, i'm not going to stop uh you Whatever guys you think would be like loving yeah. kind Random act of goodness. <laughs> Go love on them. That's a good one. All right. So we're going to end as we always do with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for reminding us of the power of your gospel. Please help us to remind each other every day of your sacrifice and that we have been set free. We pray your gospel helps us through hardships as we face in marriage, giving us something to cling to together. Help us to remind one another of the power of your word, which transforms us. We pray our thoughts would remain steadfast on you, Lord. We pray we would not be overwhelmed by anxiety over circumstances or anything else we are confronted with in life. We pray your peace fills us up completely and that your light shines through us. In Jesus' name, amen. to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today 
and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.